Welcome to Keeping Business Real, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, and in four short years, I've built a thriving online business that supports our family. This podcast offers an honest and very real take on the reality of online business, strategies for growing yours, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I've got no time for BS. I'm all heart and all action. Let's keep it real. Hey, everyone. Really excited to share with you someone who, well, we got to know each other in 2018. She joined one of my coaching programs. Kind of one of those little lurkers who was probably on my list reading the things. (laughs) And then she jumped in. And I was so glad that she did because not only is she super smart, savvy, super fun to have around, also massively helpful and supportive in any group that she's in. And she's very, very giving. She's actually in the Breakthrough Mastermind as well. So I'm very excited to work with her this year and just keep seeing the action that she's taking. And she drops so many truth bombs and nuggets of gold in our group. And I just felt like there was so much for her to share. And I wanted to drill down into one of one of the big issues that we see lots of online entrepreneurs struggle with. We're going to be talking about sales pages today. So Sophia Arthur, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. It's very exciting to be here. I've been wanting to be on this podcast for a long time. So (laughs) you get off the list, baby. Taking it off the list. And I've been listening for a long time. So yes, very cool. It is cool. Isn't it nice sometimes when you're like, oh, well, that was something that seems so far down the track for me. And here I am doing it. I feel like that is business ownership pretty much. Yes, that's it. He's like, I'm just going to set it and let's set the intention and just like put it out there and, oh, here I am. Oh, well, then what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? Yes. <sighs> okay. All right. So let's talk about sales pages. Do you want to tell people what you do? Do you want to even some, do you know what I reckon some people don't understand copywriting? or what copywriting is, or what copywriters do, what you can do for other people's businesses. Do you want to just give us a quick rundown for people who might not be aware? Okay. Well, there's tends to be two schools of thought about copywriters. And one is that they write content. So they write blog posts and they write mm-hmm. feature articles or ghostwrite things. But I would tend to classify those people as content writers rather than copywriters. Copywriters write things to sell something. So when you're trying to sell your online program or a product, you need a copywriter who understands how to move people to a sale. And it doesn't have to be a sleazy or gross process. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, modern conversion copywriting is all about coaching people to take an action that's going to basically transform their life. Yeah, that's what I do. I help people make money online. And I tend to focus in the health and wellness space. So helping wellness entrepreneurs to sell their programs online. And it's so funny. I think we vibe together because we're both of that same school of thought, which is create stories to talk about your stuff. You can really sell to people without them feeling like they've been run over by a truck. Yes. Or like they want to run a million miles from you. And you, there will always be people like that. There'll always be the skeptics. There'll always be the people who are on the lookout of being, you know, sold to because they're just so anti that. 
But my job as a business owner is to talk in a very real, relatable way to my potential customers to help them get the information and the assurance that they need in order to feel confident in me and my products yes. to ultimately invest in themselves. Yeah. And I sort of see it as, I see it as a conversation. I see it as like, if I walked into a car dealership, I want to know a few things about the car. <laughs> and I want to know if like, I want to know, like, are you going to put a, a tow bar on that for me or what else can I get here? And it's actually like, you know, car salesmen aren't the best example, but any time we go into anything like that, where we're going to be paying for something, we want a level of detail to assure ourselves that this is a worthy investment. Yeah. And if we shy away from that, we're going to miss all the people who are really craving what it is that we could offer them. Yes. So many people think that they can just have this amazing product and people will somehow buy it with no kind of leading them towards it, I guess. So that's our job as copywriters is to lead people to take that action. Right. And there's so many different ways to do that. And we're not going to be going into opt-ins, pre-launch, launch, because I do think a lot of people need help with sales pages. I mm. see sales pages and I'm like, you're not even close to yes. selling anything here. I don't want to know how excited you are about this. <laughs> I genuinely don't care. Like mm. what's in this for me? I'm worried about this, this, and this. You haven't even addressed those things here. Um, which means everyone else probably has the same questions. And there's so much to do. And we can massively also overcomplicate a sales page, might I just say. But you are going to be telling us some of the big hardcore mistakes that you see people making with sales pages so that we can not do that. So anyone who's listening to this is going to walk away and they're going to be able to notice when they might be in the danger zone with their sales page. Because um, while there's people like you that exist out there and I have always, well, no, it actually took me a long time to invest in a copywriter because I learned copywriting myself and I, um, I was really obsessed with learning how to do that. But when I could and when I did start to invest with a copywriter, I saw my sales skyrocket. So there's so much value in investing in a copywriter. There's also a lot of value in learning these things for ourselves. So even if someone is investing in a copywriter, they can get something back and go, hang on a minute, why have you done this and this and this? Sophia Arthur told me (laughs) the mistakes. So do you want to, do you want to, do you want to start us going through like, I mean, the first thing that I always think about, the first thing that people always seem to bring up and have a problem with this whole concept of long form versus short form pages. Is there a rule around this? Is it just, you know, everyone who's done B school does long (laughs) because of Marie Folio? Like what's going on here? Okay. Well, the the long form versus short form debate is huge, but um, it tends to be even bigger in Australia because for some reason, we Aussies have a bit of an issue with long copy. And the main thing people tell me all the time when I say you need a long form sales page is that feels so American. Mm. Um, but the truth is long copy converts. And the reason for that is that you've got much more time to 
talk people through it, uh, to explain all the, the value that you're adding to address their issues and, you know, solve any of their objections. So that's why long form works and it's been tested. So I'm not just pulling that out of my bum, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes people, you know, like to feel even more confident of that. And you can split test yourself if you want to, to check if long form or set or short form will work better for you and your particular product. But generally speaking, particularly with programs, online courses, long form works. Yep. I remember when I first launched my Keeping Business Real coaching package, (laughs) which you jumped into and you're like, there wasn't even (laughs) But what I have been able to learn over the years is how to almost deliver that, the same sorts of things that would exist in words um, like on a page, like expressing that thing, yeah, in a video. So you still jumped in even although it wasn't there. And I think that's the thing too, isn't it, with all of this stuff is um, like even a $97 course is not going to require the same level of detail as a $2,000 program. No, but I have seen you in particular do very long sales pages for like $127 things. But that's also, it is my target market. Yeah. That's a lot of money to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing, like you've got to know your audience. Right. So would bring us to the next problem. So do you see this? So you see people making the mistake of not really knowing who they're talking to? Yes, for sure. So something that I do as a copywriter before I start any project is research. So a lot of research. And that means really getting to the head of your ideal customer and knowing what they're struggling with when it comes to what you're offering. Mm. So a lot of people think that they know their customer, they have a, a general idea, or more dangerously, they think that their product is for everybody. Mm. That's, that's a really tricky place to be because you can't sell to everybody. That's not how it works. So if you have a general idea of who your customer is, then you can go and do research on them by you know trawling Facebook feeds and Amazon review mining, if there's a similar product, I love Amazon review mining. It's a, it's a massive rabbit hole. But basically, if somebody has a similar product to you, they might be selling a book on the same topic that you're doing a course on. You go and you look at all the Amazon reviews on that particular thing and just pull out what they're saying and what they were struggling with before they bought that book and how it's changed for them. And all of that stuff feeds into your little file of research on your customer. And that's exactly the copy you're going to pull from to put on your page. So the most important thing before you start writing your sales page is that you know what's going on in your reader's mind, the conversation that is happening in their head, because you want to be in that conversation. Yes. And I always love thinking about the conversation that they're having with their friends, like the stuff that they're saying out loud is actually often quite different to what they're sitting up at night stressing about. Yeah, definitely. And talk to us about how that can play out on a page. So what might it look like if someone's really nailed knowing who they're talking to? or they've really kind of been able to get into that conversation, what would we be seeing? That's a tricky one. Because I think about that, like when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about those questions that you sometimes see at the start. 
Mm, yeah. Like really asking them because for me, I'm not too sure if this is the way that you do it too. I think that sales pages are an opportunity to have people say yes. 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 So if we've kind of been able to research them and get in their heads, that initial kind of part where it's like, hey, are you struggling with blah, blah, like, you know, in a very typical sort of way. Yeah. And people just kind of feel like, oh my gosh. Yes. Talking about me or, oh my gosh, that is exactly me. That's right. You want people to be nodding along as they're reading each question or each point at the top of your sales page. So I think we just need to maybe take a step back for a second. And when you're thinking about yeah, how the page looks itself, I guess, and you've done your research, there are a few questions that you should ask the people that have worked with you before to come up with that initial, mm. those initial ideas of really getting in their head and the questions that they want answers to. Um, you've got to ask people what was going on for them right before they decided to work with you. So this is obviously clients you've worked with before. This can't be fresh meat, I guess. Yes. You've got to really get in the heads of people you've worked with. So what was going on for them right before they decided to work with you? Mm -hmm. What else were they considering doing to solve their problem that they've just talked about? Yep. And thirdly, what was the biggest transformation they had Mm -hmm. by, by working with you? So those three questions will usually give you that kind of background to the top part of your sales page. That whole beautiful. Um, what was the problem? What's the solutions that they were considering that they didn't think would work? Yeah. And then what's the transformation? Because the transformation is where we want them to see that right at the start. We want them to know where they're going. So then we can kind of talk them through the problems and coach them through how we're going to solve them. Mm. That, does that make sense? Yes, I love it. I love those three questions. That's such a great actionable for people. And the people who don't have clients are like, I don't have anybody to ask. (laughs) But that's where the review mining and all that other stuff can come in. You can get some of that data, some of that insight from those things because, you know, like people aren't, when they're reviewing a book, they don't really feel on show so much. So they they kind of give you a little bit more than they might give you in other ways. It's kind of a tricky one like that. Like they don't always give their full name. They can often be quite critical, so you can get those really juicy objections out of it as well. So there's all these ways to get the data. Facebook threads are awesome as well. Just to find out what people are thinking and what questions you need to answer for them Mm. um, right at the start. So good. So, so good. So, okay, I love this. And you know what? I actually can't hear this stuff often enough. I just think we constantly need to be reminded of these fundamentals because we can get so stuck in feeling how amazing our thing is yeah, and knowing the potential of it and seeing results or having experienced the results for ourselves, but not necessarily connecting that back to where our ideal clients are right now and talking to them in a language that they understand. So can I ask that as well about you know, the softly, softly approach that some people go for where you're just like, well, what is this thing? Is there something, is she, hang on, what is it? Is there something to buy here or? Yeah. So I find this really big, particularly in the wellness uh, arena. People really don't like selling. They'll put a a sales page and I'm putting that in in like quotes right now (laughs) where they, um, they kind of, 
So here's my new thing. If you're interested, maybe like email me and then we can talk. That's not what a sales page is for. Like a sales page is to sell your thing. It has one purpose. That's it. If you want to be softly, softly in a blog post or on a podcast or in other places, that's totally cool. But you need to respect the sales page. It's there to sell. Um, That's why you have it. It's your moneymaker. It's selling for you 24-7. You need it to be strong and you need it to be clear. There's no room for like, oh, maybe she wants me to buy this. No, she definitely wants me to buy this and this is why. Yes. Oh, my God. I love how fired up you get about this. <laughs> I love sales pages. But this is why your clients love you because they're just like, oh, my God, take this and do the thing that you can do with it so that people know and the people buy because we can, we're so close to our stuff. It's yeah. really, really hard to know the value I think that's a blind spot for all of us. Mm, for sure. Like, we don't get it. We don't get how like someone else being able to do something really easily or someone else having a framework to follow or someone else, you know, having pulled the information into a way where we can just literally be walked through the content if it's a program or like a service provider like you. Like other people can't do that. And so that's really valuable. We want the transformation. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I can't write my own copy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's so hard. I mean, people can write their own copy, but you've got to get out of your own head, right? It is so much easier for somebody else to come in and kind of pull it together for you. But yes, having said that, I have seen plenty of people write their own copy really well, but you do need to follow a bit of a structure um, in order for a sales page to work. Yep. And you've got to be really clear that it is for selling. So, you know, another thing that I see people making a big mistake with is not having it in a specific, you know, sales page format. So having it as like an extra tab on your website where you've still got all your normal navigation and there's links off the page. Oh, yeah. Sales pages have, have one purpose. So they only have a link to buy. They have no other links. That's really important for conversion too. And that, I mean, that's not so much a copy thing, but that's, you know, something that can really help you to increase your conversion rate or your sales rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, when people are presenting the offer? Yeah. So, you know, maybe they've, they've nailed the questions, they've told some good stories, they've established their their authority, like their ability to teach or, or you, you know, this stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, how do we put that all together? What do you say? Like lead people towards a sale. What does that actually mean or look like? You know, you know, I'm a big fan of value stacking and really separating yes. out the bits and pieces for people so that they can really see what it is that they're getting, but without yeah. it being like massively inflated and weird. So talk to us a little bit about like the actual, that value stacking and making the offer. Okay. Well, I think something that's really important to remember is that you've got to curate this content for people. So you don't want to overwhelm them with all the things. Mm. You just want it to be, you know, really clear in terms of breaking it down in, I guess, modules. If you're offering a course, Mm -hmm. you want to break it down into modules and give people the features and benefits of each module, I suppose, and have that really graphically easy to read. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, you need to also 
provide the value stacking, as you've said. So this takes a bit of time to kind of get your head around, you know, the value of what you're offering and the value of your bonuses. Mm. But I guess you've got to consider what the equivalent cost would be if someone were going to do this somewhere else or in person or what is the value of you know, what's the difference between like, say I've got a, I've had a, um, a fitness trainer, an online fitness trainer as an awesome client and she had an online program. So what would be the value of someone paying for a gym membership mm. instead of doing that program? So think about it in terms of that. And then you, it's much easier to kind of put that on the page because people respond to numbers, whether we like it or not, they like to see that value there. And it makes it a much easier sale for you when you can stack up the numbers and show them everything that they're getting for one small payment of $27 a month. You know, like it is true though, that the value that we're adding is huge often in people's lives and the cost that we're taking away as well by continuing with what they're doing, which is costing them money or time. You've got to really position yourself as the answer to that problem as well. So you can show more value there. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And I don't know about you, but does it work when you do like, I like the comparison thing about a gym membership or for me, I've done things like one takeaway a month Yeah, and being like, so do people like a coffee a day or, you know, yeah, people uh, love that comparison so that they've got a tangible value that they can mm. attach this to. Yeah. Um, it, it works better for our brains. We need to know because when we're buying intangible objects, we need, it takes a bit more for us to understand the value. So yes, we need that link that. in reality so we can go, oh, yeah, that's right. It would cost me, you know, it's the same as buying a smoothie every week. You know, I could be yes. doing this instead or something like that. Yes, um, that we need to make the intangible tangible for people. Yes. Oh, yes, I really like that. But do you think, okay, I don't think we should necessarily talk about pricing, but can we just do a general rule of thumb Mm -hmm. about, you know, because people on a sales page, obviously they do have to say that something is worth a particular amount. Yes. When you have clients come to you, would you say that the majority of the time they've undervalued their thing? Or, yeah, okay, right. And, and like in terms of sales psychology, when people see something really cheap, yeah, how does that work? Can you just talk to that for a second? Because I feel like that's a mistake a lot of us make is actually our thing is fucking awesome and no one's going to value it if it's not priced accordingly. Yes, for sure. And, I mean, I think this is something that we all constantly battle with. I know I do as well. But the psychology of it is that when something is priced low Mm. we perceive it as low value it's just what we're conditioned to think yeah so when something is priced high we believe it's high value Mm. so especially if you can create this awesome sales page um, which looks all fancy and you've got a high value product then or a high price product it has that premium feel about it people automatically think it's high quality so it can be a trap that people fall into thinking I'm just going to throw everything at this and Mm. and make it 97 dollars and that's cool but 
depending on your audience, that can turn people off too because then they feel like what they're getting is not high quality. So if you're going to have a, a lower price product, you've got to really curate what's going in it. Yeah. Um, and on that, one of the best rules of sales, I think, that I ever heard was a confused mind never buys. Never buys. Yeah. yeah. And that can play out on sales pages. Yeah. As people are just like, maybe I should just throw in, or maybe you just give them too many options for purchasing. Like too many payment, too many payment yes. options. Yes. Keep it simple um, because, yeah, as you say, a confused mind won't buy. So if you have a payment plan and a pay in full and a pay for this bonus and a pay for that bonus, that's just, yeah, not going to convert. You've got to be pretty clear um, when it comes down to it. I like something called polarity pricing, which doesn't work for everybody, but it works if you want to have a VIP level. So Mm. you give people like the lower cost option next to a high cost option Mm. and tell them the inclusions of the lower cost option and then explain all the benefits of the high cost option. And and for service providers, that can work really effectively because people will often just choose the higher cost option because they feel, A, like they're getting more premium service and B, because there's going to be more included in it. They're getting the, yeah. And people love premium. They just love it. People do love premium. There will always be a percentage of your list who want the red carpet. Yeah. They do. They want the special. High touch. Yeah. High touch. Yeah. They will pay for it. They've got no problem paying for it. And I do feel like it's a shame when people don't offer it mm. because it often doesn't require a stack more from you. I do like that price positioning. And I think a lot of the times at the moment, especially in the online world where there is this kind of people know that they might get something and never look at it again if they're not a part of a community, for example, or they might get something in the post and suddenly feel like this is real, like this is actually, so all of those little bits and pieces, or we see it all the time, people have their products and then they create a free ticket to an event uh, if they join for whatever it is. And there's all these ways in which you can, create some excitement and fun for your customers as well as provide like this exceptional customer service experience, which, you know, we both know it's much easier to sell to people who've already bought from you before. Yeah. And that's often who jumps into the VIP stuff because they're like, I've done this. I want to do this, but I just, I want that. I trust her. I trust her now. Like yeah. I've had a good experience before. So yeah. Oh my God. So much good stuff. Okay. Can we just, okay. Um, I'm getting totally off track. Um, <laughs> what other mistakes were you okay. thinking we needed to talk about? I know that you were wanting to touch on design because you see yeah. a few, like design issues. I did that when just then before when we talked about, you know, making sure there's no links off the page. Yes, sort of yes, thing. yes. Yeah, um, yeah. What can you just talk to people also about what we should see? Is there rules for above the fold for a sales page? Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I think that's often good Like. What should people see first? Yeah. Okay. So when you're looking at your sales page or when your, your readers, your customers are looking at your sales page, the way I like to do sales pages, not everybody does them like this, but I like my hero section, which is the above the fold. So the thing that you see first before you scroll, 
and this is on mobile or on desktop, mm-hmm. is the outcome. So what is the thing that the people will get by choosing your product? Mm-hmm. What, what is it that they really, really want overall? Mm-hmm. You basically lay that out for them right there in the hero section. So this is the main outcome of the course. So this is the thing you will get by working with me. And this is a side benefit. Mm. And then I've seen this done really well um, a few times. Even if you don't think you've got X, Y, and Z, or um, it can be without doing X, Y, and Z, whatever you think is something that is the biggest objection that they have to working Mm. with you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to explain verbally, but yeah, basically the main thing is what is the big outcome or the big transformation they're going to have? What's the side benefit of that? And then how do they do it without their big objection or even if they have this big objection? Yes. I love that so much. I love it so much in its simplicity, but what it does bring home is that if you haven't done that initial research, if you don't know who you're talking to and how it really helps, then you will always be faffing about with the sales page. Yes. You did mention before about, you know, people need to follow a basic structure for their sales page. And I think this can confuse a lot of people because they literally don't know where to start. Yes. They don't know what to say on a sales page. So have you got like something, a basic kind of structure that you could walk us through? Yeah, sure. So there are a whole lot of copywriting formulas that, you know, do the rounds, I guess, when you're Googling. But one that I really like and I think works in most cases is called Problem Agitation Solution or PAS for short. And basically what you're doing is after the hero section of the page where you're talking about the outcome, you're going straight into the main problem or pain point or struggle that your customers are facing. And it's always a good idea to think about your customers as a single person. You want to be talking directly to one reader, if that makes sense. So think about the problems that they're going through. This is all based on your research. What's actually happening in their mind right now with regard to your the thing that you're selling. So it could be for you, Lisa, if it's around small steps, it could, as you know, like it could be something around overwhelm in the kitchen, you know, feeling like there's so many things to do in the day and who's got time to make dinner, all that sort of thing. But then you're going to dig into it when you agitate the problem, really hone in on that problem and give specific detail. Like, you know, you can talk about, if you know the customer really well, you can talk about what kinds of movies they like to watch or, you know, what's happening specifically on that day. Have they been at swimming lessons or have they been, um, have they got the t- to take the dog to the park or, you know, like what specific detail can you add in there that's really going to dig into that problem? And then you want to hint at the solution. So I know things, you want things to be different. Tell them that you understand. You know they want things to be different. So here's how we're going to, you know, give you that solution. And that's when you're going to introduce your product or program. So importantly, you never introduce your product or program without establishing the problem first. A lot of, that's a big mistake people make is going straight for the offer or straight, you know, straight into I've got this great program without first going through the motions of 
of what's in that person's head. So we go problem, agitation, solution, introduce the product, and then we're going to start to cover off the value stacking and that sort of thing that we've talked about. And then we're going to go back to what questions do they have about this thing? Because one of the biggest benefits of having a long form sales page is that you can really address those objections straight up and counter them. So you're not just answering a question, you're actually giving them another reason to join. So the big objection is always, why should I make time for this? I've already got so much other stuff going on. And you're going to explain to them in that answer why doing this program is going to actually give them time Mm. and help them be more present or whatever it is that, that your program is offering them. So the FAQ section should never be ignored or avoided. That's one of the most critical parts of the page. Um, and also, so is your money back guarantee. You and I have talked about this before. Um, having a money back guarantee is just that psychological thing. People need that. We know the research shows from re, you know, retail shopping that, that stores with really strong refund policies get more sales. Yep. It just makes it an, a much easier decision for people. It doesn't need to be this massively long refund period. I think that, you know, lots of people have learned over the years that they've had, um, you know, people who've done those really big refund periods have come, come up against a few issues. Yeah. But you do need to have some sort of money back guarantee. It will change your conversion rate. It will improve your conversion rate. Um, and something that I always tell people, particularly, you know, in my area, which is wellness, and health is people sometimes need permission to buy. So don't forget to kind of close off the page after you've reminded them of all the value that you bring and the fact that it's risk-free and all those sorts of things to just say, it's okay to take this next step. It's okay to, to put yourself first, you know, choose you. Choose yeah. you, yeah. I see that all the time as well. Like I know that you make, you know, you allocate budget to the kids' swimming lessons, yes. you do this and this and this, but, you know, when was the last time you really did something for you? Mm. Because it's those women who respond to that who probably need it the most. And I do think most of us don't trust ourselves when it comes to making these kinds of decisions and we don't trust ourselves to show up. That's the other thing. Like I yeah. think time, um, money, and will this work for me are the biggest objections. Like I can see that this is a thing that has worked for other people, but the reasons why it won't work for me is because I never followed through because I'm blah, 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 blah. Um, I can't commit. I've tried a hundred million other things. You know, they've got all these reasons why they're a failure. Yes. All the stuff. And so I agree wholeheartedly with you on the permission thing, you know, and also I guess I do it in the two different spheres. So I help business owners too Mm. and just be like, I actually don't think you can grow a business without investing in yourself and in your growth and in working. I have always had coaches or mentors and people who have helped me see things that I would not have seen by myself. And you need to give yourself permission to maybe make an investment that feels like a stretch. Mm. because you end up rising to that. And then to the mums, I'm like, you sweets, do something for you. Like, come in, join, join us. Like, we'll support you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so many different niches, I think, require that. Yeah, it's permission to spend the money. Like, you know, for for everybody, everybody kind of, especially women where, you know, 
because we're happy to spend money on our kids or whatever. Not a problem. You know, for the house, for the kids, for the husband, whatever. But when it comes to spending money on our business or our health, Mm. it can be that there's a bit of a block there. So you can use your sales page to push through that block for people. Um, So that's, I guess, that's why I love sales pages so much because you're taking people on this massive journey with you. You're showing them what's possible and then, you know, you're investigating all of the reasons why it will work or it won't work and countering those and you're giving them permission to do something for themselves. So it's a really nice place to be. I love it. Yeah, and also it's an act of service to round things out for people. So they feel secure in either saying no or saying yes. yes. You know, you want people to go, well, this is a closed loop for me. And Mm. that's what a sales page I think should be. It's like, well, no, I can see that that's actually not for me because I've already learned that before over here or, you know, that date and time doesn't work for me for the live course, whatever it is. It's okay for those people to feel like they've got, all of their questions answered and it's a no because Mm. they'll respect you for it. They'll still be looking for the next thing from you if they were interested enough to read that full sales page. Yes. Um, Then for the people who were interested, there's a lot of things that they want to tick off Mm. off the list. And I just think it's helpful for them to not have to go scrambling or searching or writing messages or, you know, to, in order to be able to make their purchasing decision. Because if you think about it, like if you've got someone there, what is it likely that they're going to go there again? Mm. Um, how can we just make this flowy and easy? And, you know, that's why also how you actually put the page together and having some headlines and yes. sub-headlines for the Lots stores. of headlines. Yeah, because people don't yeah. all always read. Yeah, making it easy to skim read is really important because while people do read them, you know, they'll skip over some parts. They yes. might skim through um, the, usually the value stacking section. They'll skim through that. So it's got to be really clear. I mean, not that they'll skim through the pricing, but they'll skim through all of the inclusions, especially if you've got a lot. But you've got to, yeah, have really clear subheads. You've got to bold the parts that you know they need to read. Yeah. Um, and break it up with lots of testimonials. We haven't talked really about social proof, oh, which is so huge oh um, on sales pages. So, yes, um, testimonials are amazing. They have to relate specifically to what you're selling, though. That's an important thing. I see people, this is another mistake, people popping testimonials on a page that don't actually relate to what they're selling. They relate to something else. And the idea of a testimonial is not only that it provides social proof, but that it says it in your customer's voice so that you don't have to write it, you know. Mm. So it, it's, it's a more powerful way of saying what you would normally be writing mm. in the copy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's got to really connect with your reader and it's got to really connect with what you're selling. Yeah. And I put them in strategic places throughout the sales page and, you know, screenshots if you've got shots from Facebook or, or Instagram or wherever that you can put. I tend to try not to put them throughout the whole page. I like to group them together in certain parts of the page just, mm. just for readability. But that's kind of, it depends on your design art and it depends on those sorts of things too. Yeah. So, yeah, testimonials are huge. Yeah, absolutely love it. Social proof, you know, is 
so important, especially with these intangibles. Mm. And like, we, I want to know who it's worked for if I'm like them. Yes. Like, is she me? If she yes. is me, then maybe, yeah. This and that's it. Using testimonials that aren't from your target market, also a waste of time. So if oh. your program is for women and your testimonials are from men, forget <laughs> it. Um, oh, my God, this has just been so juicy. Like even I feel like I've, you know, I'm in the process of creating something at the moment and it's just helped me. <laughs> it's just helped me, you know, dial in. Because sometimes I think we can also want to say all the things we can forget what's important. Mm. Um, it is about like we are problem solvers basically. Yes. Yes. And in my head I'm just always like where is she right now? How does what I know, how could that help her? And, you know, what I'm also thinking as I've created so many sales pages, so many products uh, mm -hmm. over the years is also like how could this be like, before we even think about selling something or putting together a sales page, we kind of have to know that it's sellable. So sometimes what I'll do is put an offer out there to an already warm audience, yeah. um, maybe just with a video and, or with a simple structure and dot points and that kind of thing and just, like, see if people want the thing. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we have to actually sort of test. So you, you probably wouldn't recommend that someone spends like three months working on a sales page before <laughs> they put it off out there. Like don't complicate yeah. it for yourself. Get the general structure down, make sure the things yeah. are there and then be I've able. I've seen people do sales pages in a Google Doc and, you know, get people on wow. a call, sell off a call and have their sales page in a Google Doc because, I mean, it's not ideal, right? But I've seen, you know, experts doing this because, they know they need to answer all these questions and they need to solve the problems, but, you know, they really just want to get people on a call so that they can talk it through with them mm. and then show them the detail, I guess, mm. in the sales page. So there's lots of ways you can do sales pages without having a freak out that you have to have it perfectly designed and mm. spend a whole lot of money on it, Yes, um, especially if you're just starting out. And there's lots of great software out there that can help you to design sales pages without being a designer. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug people, but I like using lead pages. Um, other people use Insta pages or, you know, things like that. I like lead pages because it integrates really well with WordPress yeah. and it's really simple to use. Mm -hmm. It's like a drag and drop platform. There's so many ways you can do it without spending thousands of dollars yeah. on a copywriter or on a designer yeah. um, but of course if you're wanting to up level your stuff you know if oh. you want to take it to the next level and you know that there's more that you can do that's when you kind of call in the experts I guess and that's you know where we can make our magic happen and really it is an art form yeah. and I love what you said in the beginning so many of us can write but can we write to convert sales in a way that feels authentic and on brand? Mm. And so knowing that people like you are out there is so good. So on the back of that, have you got any resources that you like sharing with people? Is there anything that we can point people towards? And then also if they want to find you, where would they go? Cool. Well, I have a five-step sales page process. You have a what? <laughs> sales page process which is just at sophia.arthur or oh, sorry sophiaarthur.com 
forward slash sales page process, but I'll give you the link for the show notes. And that just goes through a lot of what we've talked about today in terms of the research, you know, how to present it on the page, um, FAQs, testimonials, all that sort of stuff. Um, I've also got a blog on my on my site as well, we have, which has more info. And I'm going to be releasing a sales page template really soon to make it super easy for people to get their sales pages up and running. OMG. So if, if we download the process and we're on your list, we'll get the template. Yes. Oh, my gosh, you want to do that. Sophia knows her stuff. And also you're fun to follow on Facebook because you pop in with some little really good tips on, you know. I try. I try. Oh, look, I know your service <laughs> providers are just so busy helping your clients that, you know, you forget your own stuff. But I love your little tips, like your little short, sharp bits and pieces. And it's and as I said, like, I've been doing this a while, but we cannot. You learn about this. Like, if you're obsessed with this sort of stuff, you are constantly learning about it, constantly testing, constantly mm-hmm. interested in what data is telling you because sometimes you know, as we get split testing pages, we can think we've nailed something and then, oh, hang yeah. on, they actually liked that version. So yeah, sometimes surprising. Right. And even for you, like, you know, with your clients, you can be like, wow, that rocked. But let's just put this out there as well. Or And suddenly, you know, you're just getting information all the time about your people. Mm. And it's like a conversation, the sales process. And if we see it like that, then it feels less icky to just put it out there with confidence because your people want you to be confident in what you're selling. They don't want to buy into something that's wishy-washy or that they have to work hard to get the information on. So I love these tips. I loved learning about some of the mistakes that people are making with sales pages and how we can make them right. Awesome. So more people are just going to put offers out there is what I'm seeing on the back of this. So go to sophiaarthur.com forward slash sales page process and download this. Get on it, peeps. Thank you, Sophia. You're the absolute best for sharing all of your genius with us. It was so much fun. Speak to you soon. Bye. Well, that is another episode of the Keeping Business Real podcast done and dusted. But make sure that you don't miss out on knowing when I release the next one. Be sure to become a subscriber over on your podcast app of choice and make sure to leave a review. I would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to lisacorduff.com. I have an amazing cheat sheet there waiting for you to help you overhaul your marketing mindset. Let's face it, sometimes the selling part of business is the part that feels most icky. I want to help you out and I want to help you grow your business in an authentic way that feels really, really good to you. LisaCordaf.com for your free cheat sheet and I'll see you in the next episode.